Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We consider it an honor to host you. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or on Instagram. Now let's get ready for the message. How's everybody doing? Are you good? Are you glad to be here today? Hey Amen. It's good to see each and every one of you that are in-house and those that are watching online. Uh, I'm excited today because we are beginning a brand new sermon series, um, and I'm excited about the content. Um, the title of the series is Mind Games. Everybody say Mind Games. Um, now, when we think of mind games, we probably um, lean very quickly to the negative connotation when we use the, the frame mind games. Um, when, you, when you look at that phrase, um, we usually connect it with someone's playing mind games with me or I'm playing mind games with them. Maybe even in sports, there is a physical uh, component to sports, but we also know that there are mind games that are being played. Um, and so if you look up the definition, and I took the time to do that this week, um, it means actions or statements intended to undermine or mislead someone else. So for operating in mind games, we're trying to undermine or mislead another person. Um, and there's a lot of ways I could take this series. I could take this series on how the enemy tries to undermine us and plays mind games with us. I could talk about us playing mind games with other people and how we need to stop that. And there's a lot of ways we could go, a lot of categories we could hit. But in this series, I, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I want to talk about the mind games that you play in your own head. The mind games that are going on in your head that is undermining what God wants for you. Um, and, and so what we have to understand about the mind, everybody say the mind. Oh, you can do better than that. Say the mind. The mind. The mind, God has a lot to say about the mind. God is very much interested in our mind. Um, a lot of times uh, other false, like false religions give more attention to the mind many times than even Christians do. We, we talk a lot about spiritual things, but we don't talk about the mind. Uh, we don't talk about the soul. We don't talk about the psyche, which the mind, the soul, the psyche, it's all one in the same. Um, but God has a lot to say about the mind. He's interested in the mind. Um, even in some of the things false religions, we attribute to them like meditation. We, we think that comes from false religions. But meditation is something God gave us to do. Meditation means to chant over and over within yourself. It means to speak the word of God over and over within yourself. That, that is what it means to meditate on the word of God. Now, some of you, you're worried that they're going to lock you up if you start talking to yourself. But I'd say go ahead and let them lock you up. There is something powerful about meditating, about chanting, about speaking the word of God. And so God has a lot to say about the mind. And we're going to cover a lot of angles in this series. I believe that it will be uh, life-changing, but I do believe this foundational message today, if you miss this message or you don't grab the content, uh, you probably won't get as much out of the entire series if you don't really grab hold of what I want to teach you today. Because when we look at the scripture, 
um, we, we see that um, mankind lost a lot of things when they sinned. And a lot, one of the things that, that Adam lost when he sinned was his right mind. His mind was now broken. And we're going to walk this out and, and see how we need to renew our mind. And I want to call this first message of the series, I want to call it living on the level of your thinking. Living on the level of your thinking. And I'm going to start with Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, very familiar portion of scripture. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The Apostle Paul starts here and he's urging us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, our physical body as a living sacrifice. In the Old Testament, if you were to study out how they would worship, as, as one of the things they would do is they would kill an animal as a sacrifice, all right? Uh, the animal's dead, but they would take the dead animal and they would bring it into the presence of God, into an altar area. And they would put the dead animal on the altar and then they would tie the animal down. Now, it's crazy to me to think about why in the world would you take an animal that's already dead and tie it to the altar? It's dead. It's not going anywhere. I think the reason they tied it down in the old covenant to the altar, even though it was dead, is because God knew something was coming, and in the new covenant, it wouldn't be dead sacrifices being tied to the, to the altar. How many know we are now living sacrifices, and there are times that we have to tie ourselves to the altar because our flesh wants to get up and do its own thing. How many's ever wanted to get up and do your own thing and had to tie yourself to the altar until you got your flesh under control? So God knew something that was coming, that in a new covenant it would be living sacrifices. And Paul goes on to say, he says, don't be conformed, don't just fit in to the pattern of the world, but watch this, this is so cool. He says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. A renewed mind is what proves the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We talk about the will of God and the purpose of God and God's plan for me. How do I walk in that, Pastor? A renewed mind. A renewed mind is what, a, a transformed mind, a renewed mind is what causes you and I to start stepping into the good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. If I do not renew my mind, I will never discover that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It's all about my mind. Now, let me, let me give you a point here. You cannot expand your world until you expand your mind. This is very important because you cannot live above your current level of revelation. You cannot live above what you know. And, and this is where the mind comes in. It's an impossibility for you and I to live beyond what we currently know, our current level of revelation. 
Um, I don't live, watch this, I don't live on the, on the level of my anointing. I don't live on the level of my gifting. I don't live on the level of the Holy Ghost in my life. I live on the level of my thinking. It's quiet in here. And the reason it's quiet is because we think if we speak in tongues enough, we'll live on another level. You can speak in tongues all day long, but if you don't change your thinking, come on somebody. I know people that talk in tongues all day long, but they've never renewed their mind. See, what we have to translate what's happening in the spiritual and we've got to get it into our mind because you can, you can come to church and experience God in a powerful way spiritually, but if you don't go home and trans, transform your thinking, how many of what happened at church is not going to help you? And this goes against the grain of even my upbringing. You know, they, they didn't talk a lot about the, the renewing of the mind. They just talked about spiritual gifts. And I saw a lot of gifts and I saw a lot of people f- full of God and full of the Holy Spirit, but they, they were never taught how to renew their mind because I don't live on the level of my anointing. I may be greatly anointed, but if my thinking's in the gutter, that's where I'm going to live. We all live on the level of our thinking. You hear a lot in Christian circles, people say, my best days are ahead of me, and you know, I'm the head and not the tail, and above only, not beneath, and I'm forgetting those things that are behind, I'm pushing to the things that are ahead. My next season is my best season, and I'm like, praise the Lord, that is some wonderful preaching. I, I love it, but, but here's what we have to understand about that. If I don't expand what I know, tomorrow's season will look just like today's season. If I do not expand what I know, my next season will look just like the last season. I want to say something. I want you to grab this. Today is your tomorrow unless you learn something new. Today is your tomorrow unless you learn something new. That my life is going to go in the direction of what I know and what's happening in my mind. Listen, if you're going to break the poverty mindset, if you're going to break poverty in your life, how many know before you can break poverty in your money, you got to break poverty in your thinking. If you're going to break depression in your life, like you, so that you can live a joyful, abundant life, that's going to start in your head first. It's going to start in your mind first. If you get a word that I'm, I'm supposed to prosper, then you've got to start prospering in your mind before you're going to prosper in your life. If you want a good marriage, listen to me, before you're going to have a great marriage, you're going to have to have a great marriage in your mind. It all starts right here. It all starts in our thinking. That anything that we're going to do, the direction that our life is going to go, it begins in the mind. Wherever your mind goes, your life goes. I will ultimately live on the level of my thinking. And it's my responsibility, and this is, this is important, it's my responsibility to protect my mind. It's my responsibility to put the right things in my mind. My responsibility to expand my thinking. Listen, that is, that is not my spouse's responsibility. That is not a co-worker's responsibility. I'm going to take it a step further. It's not the pastor's responsibility. I can give you good stuff every single week, but if you don't go home and expand your mind, how many know you're going to stay right there where you are? 
You have to expand your thinking. So God has given the responsibility for us to protect our mind, to expand our mind, because the understanding is, is that my life moves in the direction of my thinking. And the truth is, we've all heard the wrong things. We've all been taught wrong things. We've all watched the wrong things. I think on a lot of levels, we know like what not to do, right? Like we've seen a lot of what we shouldn't do, but I'm ready to, to move the church into maturity. Like I want us to step in, not into we know what we shouldn't do, but I, I'm looking for some people today that would say, you know what, I know all the bad stuff, I get it, I'm not doing that anymore, but I am also ready to put the right stuff in my head, to put my mind in a world where God's world is. I am ready to set my thing, my mind on things above where God lives. Anybody ready? to put your mind on the level of God's mind. See, that, that's what God is looking for. He wants us to begin to think like he thinks. How many know he thinks big? He doesn't have small thinking. Man, we deal with a lot of small thinking in this world. And I can take it a step further. We live with a lot of small thinking in this region. Everybody thinks small. If you dream big, it's almost like people hate you just because you got a big dream. I'm just going to let that settle right there. But we think small. We live small. We believe small. All because we get stuck in a realm of thinking that's not on God's level. But God's, God wants us to begin to think on his level. How do I do that? Genesis chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 says... The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So first thing I want to show you here is that there were two trees in the garden. Everybody say two trees. All right, two trees. They could have, Adam and Eve could have eaten from the tree of life all that they wanted to. Like never-ending buffet, all they wanted from that tree. But there was one tree that God, you know, he forbid them. Like, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there's two trees in the garden. And the first tree, the tree of life, the one they could have eaten as much as, as they wanted from, uh, it represents Jesus. That's what that tree represents. It represents Jesus. It represents a spirit-filled, spirit-led, overcoming type of life. You can eat from that tree, you'll live forever. But the other tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, this tree dealt specifically with knowledge. All right? It dealt specifically with knowledge. In other words, if you eat from this tree, it's not just that you're going to experience death, all right, which is ultimately separation from God, but this tree is going to mess up your head. When you take from this tree, it's going to mess up your mind. This was the moment that Adam and Eve lost their mind. When they took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it was not about just relationship with God like the tree of life. This tree was specifically about knowledge and it messed with their thinking. At that point, they began to play mind games. And, and so let, let's start here today. There is a difference between the moment you were created and the moment you were made. How many know that you were both created 
and made. All right? The Bible says that we were created, but the Bible also says that we were made. The word created means to take from nothing. All right? God is a creator, which means he takes from nothing and he creates something. That's creation. God takes from nothing and he, he turns it into something. That, that is creation. The word made, the Lord God made us as well. The word made means to take what is already there and turn it into another form. We were both created and made. God made man. We, we, we understand made, take something that's already there, turn it into another form. God made us by reaching in to the dust of the earth and he formed us. And then he breathed the breath of life into us. Now, when God made us, that is about our physical body. Everybody say physical body. When we're talking about being made, that is our physical body. God gave us a body. He made it. He took from the dust, turned it into another form, and that's where we get the physical body. This is why when you attend a funeral, you will hear things like ashes to ashes, dust to dust. From the earth you came, from the earth you are going to return. And, and the point is, is that when you die, you always return back to that which you came from. You and I, when we die, how many know the physical body returns to the dust? When the fish die, it returns to the water. When plant and animal life dies, it returns to the earth. Whatever you are made out of, when you perish, you go back to it. And so God made a body for us out of the dirt. Our body, I want you to get this, our body is not the real us. This is not the real us. This is a temporary house. A temporary house. Our body is where the real us resides um, while we are on the earth for a specific amount of time. Chad Dingus is, is, I'm not my body, I live in this body. Like, this body is not the real me. Um, and, and, and what we have to understand is that the real you was never meant to live in this temporary house for eternity. It was made out of dirt to be temporary. Your body made out of dirt to be temporary, which means your body is going to go back to the dirt but our body is here for the times and seasons in which we live to house the eternal real you. Are you with me? To house the real you. Now, you, you say, what, what are you trying to tell me, Pastor Chad? This body is not the real me because the real me was not created out of the dirt. The real me was created out of God. And there's a big difference. I've got the physical me that came out of the dirt it's temporary, but the real me came out of God and it is eternal. That's why Ephesians 1, 4 says that he chose us and in him before the foundation of the world, which means that I am created, all right, and I am made. I'm both created and made. Now, this is going to blow some of y'all's minds because being created and, ma and made means that if I'm created, but God he, he also made me, and he took the dust and, and formed me, but I was also created because before the foundation of the world, he chose me, that I was there, I was created. It, it literally means, try to, try to grab this, it literally means that you have existed 
for a whole lot longer than your physical body has been here. If you're created and made, we get hung up on when we were made, December 19th, 1977. But before December 19th, 1977, I was chosen in Christ, created in Christ before the foundation of the world, which means that I existed somewhere in eternity before I ever showed up in this temporary house. I'm created and I'm made. Everybody say mind games. I'm playing a mind game on you right now. I've been in existence in some form for eternity with God. And God knew the real me before I showed up in 1977. God knew the real me and the real you before you ever got here. And before you ever got here, God had already determined a kingdom assignment, an anointing, what you would accomplish, what your purpose would be on the earth. Anybody thankful that before you ever showed up, God had already determined how he would use you and the purpose in which you were to live. So this is the time that the eternal Chad, the eternal Alex, the eternal Adam, like, we, we have been put in this earth and we, the eternal us has been placed in the temporary physical body. And when, when, when I'm here on the earth for that set amount of time that I'm here, however long that is, I am supposed to be accomplishing what God has called me to accomplish. See, while I am here trying trying to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish, the struggle that you and I have is that our spirit knows something that our mind doesn't. Our spirit knows the purpose of God. Our spirit knows the plan of God. Our spirit gets the kingdom assignment. So where's the struggle? The struggle is getting our mind to catch up with what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. And, and so... I say all that to say, regardless of what you've been through, I'm just going to say it real bold. Can I just be bold? To hell with your past. To hell with your struggle. To hell with your weakness. To hell with your shortcoming. Why? Because God has something so much bigger. And if I can get past how I've messed up in this temporary body and catch up with who I've been created in Christ to be, then I'll begin to see a kingdom dynamic in my life. Come on, somebody. It's about getting my mind renewed. Getting my mind renewed so that it can catch up with what God has for me. See, you were created out of Christ, but now you have met Christ. I love this. You were made alive in Christ, but our mind, just like Adam's mind, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's where we are. The Bible speaks a lot. I spent seven weeks preaching monarchy. The Bible talks a lot about the kingdom. And it speaks of the kingdom which is in you, the kingdom that is in me. It, it is um, our born-again spirit. How many of something happens when you're born again? That the kingdom of God, all of heaven, comes and lives in you, in this temporary house that will go back to the dirt. It comes and takes up residence on the inside of you. So the kingdom dwells inside my body. Here's the dilemma that we have. We come and we give our life to Christ. We get saved. We're excited that we're on our way to heaven. But we, we got this spiritual dynamic. God, God speaking to us and telling us what we're called to do and what we're supposed to be doing. But how many know this body, this temporary house, is also pulling on us? It, 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 our flesh has desires just like 
the spirit man in us has desires. But when you get saved, here's what happens. Your mind doesn't get saved. <laughs> your spirit gets saved. The Bible says our mind is, is being saved. How many can you know, witness to that? Like every day I got to get my mind resaved. My spirit gets saved, but my mind is trying to catch up. And, and so what happens is, is that you have the flesh pulling on you and you got the spiritual pulling on you and you have your mind caught in the middle of the tug of war. This is where it gets good because the flesh has desires and the born again spirit has desires. And I want you to see these two scriptures so that you can hear my heart on it. Romans 7, 18 says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, this temporary house that was made, nothing good dwells. All right? Say, look at your neighbor and say, nothing good dwells in you. <laughs> that ought to encourage somebody. Nothing good dwells. He says that in me, in my flesh, there's nothing good here. Nothing good. But Romans 7.22 says, For I delight in the law of God according to what? Not the flesh. According to the inward man. My flesh fights against God. But watch this. My born-again spirit wants everything God has for me. It wants everything. Like my born-again spirit delights in the law of God. My inward man gets excited about God's principles and God's law. If I'm fighting against God's laws and God's principles, listen, that's not your spiritual man. That is your fleshly man in which no good thing lives. So my flesh fights against God. My spirit wants everything God has for me. But here's the kicker. The final decision lies with my mind. Flesh wants things, the spirit man wants things, and the mind will determine the direction that your life goes. Your mind is, has two main abilities. We may hit this later in the series, but it has the ability to remember, but it also has the ability to imagine. Your mind can do that. But according to Romans chapter 7, it says, that we have a flesh in which nothing good dwells, but we have a spirit that has been born again that delights in the law of God. And, and so you got this tug of war between flesh and spirit, but the mind determines which way I'm leaning. That's why Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That is referring directly to my belief system. It's referring directly to my thinking. That my, and I, I don't want to make anybody mad, but I want you to get it. My flesh does not determine where my life is going. My spirit does not determine where my life is going. My thinking determines where my life is going. The flesh and the spirit are at war, and it's about what are we doing here? Because what we're doing here will determine whether I go toward the flesh or whether I go toward the spiritual. It's all about the battlefield of your mind. What's going on in, in your mind? My, my mind determines where my life is going to go. Um, that's why you have to be careful what you put in your mind. You got to be careful. How many of you got to be careful what you watch? 
got to be careful of what you listen to. You got to be careful about who you listen to. Why? Because those are all seeds that your mind is taking in. And so you got to, it's your, now listen, it's your responsibility to protect your mind. Nobody else's. God's not going to do that for you. It's your responsibility. You have to protect your mind, but you also have to expand your mind. And, and I'll say it like this. Whoever gets your mind gets your life. Whoever gets your mind gets your future. It's, it's kind of like the people who they, they just let themselves go and they do whatever their flesh desires. And they, they don't think about harvest that's going to come from this. They don't think about consequences that will come from this. They just do whatever they feel like doing. And, and, and so in your flesh dwells no good thing. How many of you know if you go that way wholeheartedly, your mind is also going to end up um, not just with no good thing, your mind's going to end up in a no good place. And a lot of people, because they, they, they don't allow their mind to lean toward the spiritual, but their mind leans towards the fleshly and the carnal, they run in that direction and their, their life ends up in a very negative place. But there is another group of people, and I believe some of those people, I hope all of those people are in this room today, but they are people that have been born of the Spirit of God. They are people that have been filled with the Holy Spirit. People that are living a life in the Spirit. People that are walking in the Spirit. People that delight in the law of God and in the Word of God. There are people that are allowing their spiritual man to determine where their life is headed. Anybody ready to get lined up with where the Holy Spirit is trying to take you and get your mind off of carnal things and get your mind on spiritual things? Listen, listen, it's a decision. It's a decision. And I said it when I first became pastor of Bethesda Church in 2007, I told people, I said, you can have as much of God as you want. It's your decision. God never withholds any of himself from us. You can have as much or as little as you want. The Bible talks about the fact that we serve God with our mind. And a lot of us, the reason we struggle is we come to church, we sing the songs, we feel God's presence, we shout, we say amen, we clap, we're fired up, we have some community. And then we, we leave here and we come out of this atmosphere that is designed to pull you out of those fleshly desires. But we go home and we, we, we become toxic again because we fall right back into the same conversations that are negative, watching the same junk, same, can I just say, same crap, all week long, and every Sunday, the only thing that gets accomplished is you get pulled up out of that for about two hours, and then you go dive head first right back into it. How I many of you cannot renew your mind like that? You have to be intentional with your mind. Those that are led by the Spirit, the Bible teaches us, they live a life of life and peace. But those that are led by the flesh, if they allow their mind to agree with the flesh, they, they, they end up in a place of sorrow and destruction. All because of what's in our mind. I think it's time that we tell our flesh to take a seat. That we tell our flesh to take a seat. Um, I, am, I am ready. Anybody ready for what God has for us in this season? Like everything we've been walking through in 2020, anybody just like, you just know there's got to be something on the other side? 
Like there has to be something. I'm telling you, you, you can walk in that if your mind is prepared. You can have it if your mind is prepared. Because, and this is going to be hard for some of you, but I have to say, just because you are saved does not mean you're going to walk in what God has for you. You have to allow the spiritual, the Holy Spirit, to control your thinking. Your mind is a big part of this. Um, I've already told you we were created and made, which means that we existed before the earth was made. We were already created in Christ before we ever showed up in the physical. I I don't know how that works. Don't ask me to explain that. It's too deep. (laughs) I don't know how it works, but, but I know what the Bible says about it. You dwelled in eternity with God. You are an eternal being. What does that mean? It means that as an eternal being, you will never die. That's what that means. Yes, this physical body is going to die, but the real you never dies. Death in the Bible does not mean cessation of life. Death in the Bible means separation from God. There are people that die separated from God every day, but listen, they, are, they, 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 are, they do not cease to exist. That once God creates you, the real you lives for eternity. Death is, is not just dying. Death is separation from God. And, and when we're separated from God and we die in our sins, how many know we end up in a place that the Bible teaches very practically on? We end up, end up in a place called hell. I know that's not popular, but it's truth. That's why we, have, we, we need to make sure we accept Christ while we have time. While you're physically alive, that's your opportunity. But we don't know how long we're going to be here, right? Hell is a real place. Nobody likes to talk about it. The worst part of hell is not fire. The worst part of hell is not the worms and the gnashing of teeth. The worst part of hell is one, you're separated from God, and two, you never die and you wish you could. That's what makes hell. Listen, how many know we need some preachers that'll preach on hell? Like, I don't know why we steer away from, from you know, Bible principles that are, that are so true. So one, once God creates you, and once you end up in your eternal destination, get this, that's irreversible. Once we end up in heaven or hell, how many of you can't change it? That's why you got to do it now. Today, you ought to ask somebody real quick, just say, are you saved? Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Say, are you saved? Ask him, are you saved for real? Somebody's going to be mad today. Are you saved for real? See, you were created with eternity in mind, but you live in this temporary house. And once you've been created, you will never die. Your body will perish, but you, the real you, will never die. Having said that, When we get into the earth, God has an eternal plan for every one of our lives. He has something he wants us to do, something he wants us to accomplish. But we enter into the earth in the same condition as our earthly father. And I'm not talking about your dad. I'm talking about Adam. 
Our heavenly father is God, but our earthly father is Adam. And Adam, he had everything going for him, right? He had the garden, he had paradise, he had everything going for him. But he was not only our father, he, he represented us. And the scripture tells us in Romans 5, 12, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. What's that telling us? Adam represented us, and when Adam sinned, we all sinned. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Adam in the garden lost the glory. Guess what? We lost the glory. He was our earthly father. He represented us, and whatever happened to Adam as our representative has now happened to us. So here's the problem. The Christian life is we get saved, our spirit is born again. We love God. We're trying to serve God. But how many would, would be honest today and say that there's a lot of times that you just know there is more? Like there, there are some things I'm missing, some things that I'm, I'm not walking fully in, I've not fully embraced because when the Bible talks about the kingdom, watch this, it talks, it, about, it talks about the kingdom as something that was lost. Like when, when Jesus talked about the kingdom, he, he talks about a lost coin, a lost son, a treasure hidden in a field that we've talked a lot about this year. It, it's something that you had, but now you have lost. Um, it's it's kind of like this. If, if I, I can't lose my keys unless they're my keys. I can't lose my phone unless it's my phone, my wallet unless it's my wallet. Like if I lose it and then somebody comes and say, hey, I heard you lost your phone, here it is, and they give it back. It means that I had it, I lost it, and now I have regained it or repossessed it. And the point is, is when you got saved, the kingdom comes and it dwells on the inside of you. That is the living, breathing physical, spiritual, tangible presence of God coming and taking up residence in your life. Your body now becomes the residence of the Holy Spirit. And, and so what we have, guys, and I, please don't check out yet, you have eternity living inside of something temporary. Isn't that crazy? Right now, if you're born again, you have eternity no beginning, no ending, the kingdom of God living inside of something that will return to the dust. God put, Ecclesiastes says, God put eternity in the hearts of men. So I've been born again, I've been saved, I know God has a plan for me, but we live with this frustration many times. And the frustration is, is that we know on the inside of us who we're supposed to be. Our spiritual man knows that knows who we're supposed to be, what we're called to do, what we should have, and it's beating on the inside of us. We know there's more. Some of you, before you even got saved, that there was just something messing with you. You knew before you ever met Jesus, man, my life's empty right now. I know there's got to be more. Anybody feel that before you got saved? Like, I, come on, somebody. That, God put eternity in our hearts, and, and so it's beating on the inside of us. And, and so I come into the earth and my mind, my mind struggles. Why? Because my mind is connected to who I am in Adam, 
while my spirit is connected to who I am in Christ. That's why I have to take the time, the intentionality, to renew my mind, to start thinking on the level of my spirit. Are y'all following? And how many know this is work? If you renew your mind, that is some work. That is some intentionality on your part. You, you don't renew your mind just because you wake up in the morning and, you know, you hop out of the bed. Okay, I got to renew. No, it's going to take some work. It's going to take some work. So my spirit has a destiny, but oftentimes my mind is unfruitful. But God says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What's that mean, Pastor Chad? My thinking defines my reality. I live on the level of my thinking. Because of Adam, a lot of people run around saying things like, I lost my mind. No, you lost your mind when Adam did. Come on, it's, that feels good to blame somebody else for us acting like crazy people sometimes. Adam lost his mind and we come into the world with a lost mind, a broken mind. And we live every day knowing there's a gift, there's a call, there's an opportunity, there's an assignment, there's something God has for me. And listen, the spiritual part of you, the Holy Spirit in you, will continue to press on you. How many of the Holy Ghost won't leave you alone? He won't leave you alone. He'll keep pressing on you. He'll keep pushing on you. And, and, and your head gets in the way because your head is connected to your flesh, oftentimes more than it's connected to your spirit. Your spirit is pressing you to agree with God and God's word. A lot of us, we struggle and we, and it's crazy because we live in a world where we come to church, we hear sermons, we can go home and listen to more sermons. Some of us, we, we, we listen to, to me, you'll listen to Pastor Chad for a little bit and then you go listen to your favorite preacher after that, right? Like you download podcasts, you, you, you buy the books, you know, you uh, watch YouTube videos of sermons and, and, and you got all this word coming at you all the time. And I want to say to you that the word of God and preaching and teaching like this is not for Christian entertainment. L listen to me. It's, it's not to entertain you. Preaching and, and um, teaching like this, what we're doing is, is we are putting inside your thinking who God says that you've always been. That's what's happening. When, when I show up here and I say, you are blessed, and, and then you think of me, oh, I'm not blessed. I don't feel blessed. I don't look blessed. I ain't blessed. But you start sitting under, under the word of God. We start hearing and, and becoming who God says we already are. And we start, we start realizing I'm blessed even when men revile me. Blessed even when people persecute me or talk about me. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. Blessed coming in. Blessed going out. Blessed when I get up. Blessed when I go to sleep. How many know when you start putting the word of God in, what you are doing is you are, you are putting in new information into your mind that is now in agreement with who God has called you to be. So what we're doing is not entertaining you. We're helping you to become who you already are. Come on, somebody. Did you get that? To become who you already are. And when we do this, every time I open up the word of God, every time I hear a sermon, every time I listen to a podcast, every time I come to church on a Sunday, 
what is happening. I am slowly becoming who God already knows I am. I am, I am slowly becoming who God already knows that I am. I am moving away from a broken life and I'm moving toward a blessed life. And guys, we serve God not only, we, we do a good job in church of serving God with our spirit. We do. Like, we do great at that. But we have to learn how to serve God with our mind. Because when I put the word of God in, what, what, you know what happens? The word of God, it, it literally plucks up who I am in Adam and starts planting who I am in Christ. And, and that alone, listen, you want to see a mature church, a powerful body of believers, if we'll start renewing our mind and plucking up who we are in Adam and start becoming who we are in Christ, how many know dead bodies are going to get up, cancer is going to be healed? Come on, somebody. It, it's all about right here. My mind's got to catch up. My mind's got to catch up. Go ahead and stand with me. I'm going to quit. I feel like I've wore y'all, you guys out. We got a lot to talk about in this series. Um, let, me, let me finish here. Worship team, yeah, they're coming. I forgot to tell them. That's how you know you're enjoying what you're teaching. When you got saved, the moment you got saved, Jesus died for your sins, you get that, you come into a relationship with Christ. That moment is all about your position. Everybody say position. This is important. Don't check out right here. This, this is a heavy one. That's your position. In Christ, you're saved. And, and, and the reason your position, that's about your position, is because Jesus met all the requirements. How I many of it's not grace plus anything? It's not your good works. It's not my good works. It, it was the work of Christ. He fulfilled all the requirements needed. And so when I give my life to Christ, I'm born again and positionally, watch this, positionally I'm perfect. Okay? Positionally I'm perfect. I, I need somebody to know that today because you, you get so wrapped up in, in your mistakes, you forget that when you get saved positionally, I'm speaking that over, you are perfect. Why? Because it's the finished work of Christ. It's not about what you did. It's about what he did. Positionally, I'm perfect. But condition, what, what about position? I, I appreciate that, Pastor. Positionally, I'm perfect. But what about my condition? I mean, our condition don't always match our position. See, this is not determined. My condition in life, even though I'm positionally perfect, my spirit does not determine my condition. Because if we're only looking spiritually, like you're ready for heaven, you're good to go. But what if your condition is you're broke, sick, angry, anxious, hateful, bitter, unforgiving? Positionally, you're perfect, but in your condition, you're all jacked up. And this is where we struggle in the church. Because we hear things like, I am the righteousness of God. I am 
the head and not the tail. And positionally, I'm perfect. But then you go home and my, your marriage is falling apart. And you got sickness in your body. And you're frustrated and you're tired. And you got haters all around you. And you don't, you don't understand why your condition is not lining up with your position. But, but I, I want to say something real quick here. And then I, I promise I'll quit. Our condition will not change until our mind has changed. Don't complain to me about your condition if you refuse to be intentional about renewing your mind. You may be ready for heaven, but be miserable until you get there. And guess what? It's your choice. You've got to serve God with the mind. Anybody ready to renew this thing? <laughs> How many of if you know this is going to take a lot of work, give him the best praise you have all day. Like, I, Come on, praise on the level you know it's going to take to renew your mind, to renew your thinking, to be transformed in your mind so that your condition lines up with your position. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I'm going to speak to people in this room. And I'm going to deal right now with where you are positionally, either on your way to heaven or on your way to hell. There's only two destinations. Positionally, you can be perfect before you leave this place. Your condition, it's going to take some work. Intentionality. But this moment is not about what you do. This moment is about what Jesus has already done for you. So if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to make Him the Lord of your life. He met all the requirements of the law. He did it for you died in your place. He got up from the grave in your place so that you could be saved and made right with God. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need to be made right with God. I want to know Jesus as my personal Savior. If that's you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Anyone at all. You say, that's me today. I want to be right with God. Those of you that are online, we want to pray with you as well. If, if, if you don't know Christ and you want to make that leap today, All right, everybody look at me. Look at me real quick. Did you get something out of the Word of God today? Are you excited about this series? Amen. I'm excited about it. Our worship team's going to come. Lead us in one more song. Let's go out lifting Jesus up high. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us today. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can go to BethesdaChurch.tv give. We'll catch you on the next episode. Have a great day.